on episode 53 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, Responding with Emotional Maturity. The meaning creates a feeling, and that feeling creates our behavior. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast, insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Randy Lane. When a stressful situation comes up, how do you respond? Do you blow your lid or do you calmly react? How you deal with the situation says a lot about your emotional intelligence. Chip recently gave a talk about two concepts tied to this, fundamental attribution error and the response chain. Let's listen. Anybody know what the term fundamental attribution error is? Fundamental attribution error? What fundamental attribution error, it's a psychology term that basically says that we see the faults in others, but we take credit for the things that we do well. So an example of this would be if I gave everybody in this room right now a pop quiz, and you all took the quiz and answered it and passed it up, and I told everybody, you know, how do you think you did? Whether I gave you the scores or not, it just doesn't matter. The people that did well will take credit and say, well, you know, I studied, I kind of pay attention. You know, some of the people I pay, they're more interested in playing on their phone. They don't really pay attention. I care more than most. I, I tend to be a learner. You know, that's kind of my personality. But if I gave you your scores back and you did poorly on it, you might say, well, the stuff that's on this quiz, I don't even think was in the workbook. Chip didn't even cover some of this stuff. And it was so cold in that room, I don't know how anybody could concentrate because it was cold. And my husband picked a fight with me, unjustified, right before I went in to take that quiz. I could not concentrate because he always does, he knows how important this is to me, but he always does this. He has this unique sense of knowing when to pick a fight with me every time, like kids, whatever it might be. So fundamental attribution error is when something goes wrong, we disown quickly and we tag it to someone else. But if things go well, we tend to see how we prepared or we're naturally a little bit brighter than most or I take better notes or I pay attention, whatever it might be. It's fundamental attribution error. And in some, it's more prevalent than others. People that don't live in reality have a higher sense of attribution error. When things don't go the way they want, they quickly justify why it's not their fault. People that don't have fundamental attribution error as a key fundamental principle in their life tend to quickly self-identify why did this go wrong? What, what could I have done differently to change it? What should I do differently next time in case this happens? Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody in here struggle at times with that? Some of you are like, no, but she does. She does a lot. It's, it's, I typically, you know, I knew that growing up that that could be a problem for others, so I help others. That's my, that's my, that's my calling is to help others identify their problems and help them work through it. That's part of my gift, right? This is called the response chain, and this is how it works. This is simplistic model of how your brain works. So, a key moment happens. 
Now let me define a key moment again. A key moment is some reoccurring event that maybe you struggle with. It's that trigger, that something in your life that every time it happens, you react in a way you're not proud of. Okay? So a key moment happens. We'll hypothetically use child spills the milk at breakfast, right? So key moment, child spills the milk, we pick a paradigm. Fear, duty, achievement, or integrity. And our brain goes through three quick triggers, quickly. The first is meaning. When the child spills the milk, what does this mean? The meaning creates a feeling. And that feeling creates our behavior. Then our behavior becomes habit forming either in a cycle of survival or a pathway to success. Now, highly mature people understand how to create space between stimulus and response. Do you know what I mean by the space between stimulus and response? Stimulus is child spills the milk. Emotionally immature people, their response is immediate. Child spills the milk, bam. What happened? Why'd you do that? Pull the table back. Yell at the wife. Why doesn't he have a sippy cup? This is ridiculous. How many times do I have to tell you he needs a sippy cup? This happens all the time. I, this comes from your side of the family. You know that, right? Nobody on my side of the family has ever spilled milk in the history of our family. But your family, I swear, they trip everywhere they go. They're clumsy. He got this from you. Right? And you know what? This is ridiculous. I can't even have breakfast with my family anymore. I want to have breakfast with my family. But because of your inability to keep your child from spilling milk every time and not getting a sippy cup, it's basic stuff. I gave you money to get a sippy cup, and this continues to happen. You know what? From this point on, I'm not having breakfast here. I'm going to have breakfast at the office because obviously y'all don't want me here. Obviously you don't care about having me here because this has happened multiple times. Well, that example is that an emotionally mature person. So stimulus happens and response is immediate tied with fundamental attribution error. Somebody else's fault, not mine. Now, if you use fundamental attribution error, the child goes to spill the milk, I quickly grab it, and it doesn't spill. It's because I'm the only parent that pays attention. Oh. <laughs> it's because I knew this was going to happen, like it always does, and so I have to be here. If, if I wasn't here, this would be yet another problem. If you want it done right, I'm going to have to do it myself because obviously, honey, you can't parent. That's obvious. Now, I exaggerate this. Some of you are saying, well, no, that's not exaggeration. I, if I had a video camera in my house, that, actually that was mild compared to what it is in my house, right? So stimulus tied to response. So emotionally mature people understand that this key moment, this stimulus, is a reoccurring problem that I always react negative to. And because I react negative to it, I have to figure out a way to separate stimulus and my response. 
How do I put space between the milk being spilled and how I react? Right? Because what happens after it calms down, some people, not all, but some apologize and say, you know, I don't know why I overreact every time. I know it's not rational. I know it's not logical. I know Billy didn't do it on purpose. I know it's just milk. I know you get mad at me and cry every time I accuse you of not being a good parent. I know these things. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Or at least until the next time the milk spills, right? So there's some that understand they need space between stimulus and response. They don't know how to create it. Then there's others that believe that stimulus and response is natural and that everyone reacts this way when their kid spills milk. That I'm not outside of the norm. Your inability to parent is what's outside of the norm. That your inability to buy a sippy cup is what has caused this problem. I don't know why I have to continually reinforce how you're wrong and I'm right. And I'm going to continue this beating until you figure out that you're wrong and I'm right. And over a period of time, that relationship turns into dad's coming. Don't spill your milk. Don't talk back. Don't make eye contact. You know he's not a morning person. It's a justification for bad behavior of someone else that we, we allow to have happen because we live through a paradigm of fear or duty. Would you agree? It's not logical, it's emotion. So when you look at the response chain, some, a stimulus happens, we pick a paradigm, and our body brain goes through meaning, feeling, behavior, which creates the result. So years ago, I had a, another company that did personal development. We would have weekend retreats on personal development retreats, and a lot of times it ended up being couples, marriage counseling in a sense or whatever, and it would be couples and so on and so forth. And we talked about basic human behavior, emotional intelligence. And this one retreat, and it was here, I ranch out in China Spring, at the range, we had this one retreat. There was a couple that came. And the woman wanted to be there. The husband, eh, not so much. And they showed up, and it's the first night. We did a Friday night, Saturday, half day, Sunday. And on Friday night, we had to go around and talk about why you're here and so on and so forth. And so this woman, we'll just call her Mary Lou for fun. Mary Lou, and, and we'll call him Bubba. So Mary Lou and Bubba, right? You married to a Bubba? Or, oh. oh, you're Mary Lou, okay. I just randomly pulled it. We'll just use that. So we got to Mary Lou, and Mary Lou said, well, I'm here because, you know, I want to improve, and I, I you know, I want to get better, and I know there's things I need to work on, and, you know, it's good to just take some time to focus, and blah, blah, blah. So then we got to Bubba. He was next, and why are you here? And he said, well, frankly, I have no idea why I'm here other than I don't want to get my ass chewed by her. That's the only reason why I'm here. I said, well, fair enough. Thanks for being honest. I, at least I know what I'm dealing with. We got participants and prisoners, and this guy's a prisoner. He's, he's a lock, locked in all weekend, right? So as we go around, we're talking about this. So we start talking about emotional intelligence. We start talking about triggers and so on and so forth. And 
I had them do an exercise like I'm going to have, to do, have you do here. And I said, okay, just identify one trigger, one key moment that every time this happens, it makes you mad. It just sends you into a place you're not proud of. So, of course, they work on it. They come back, and now it's their time. Mary Lou says, well, I have an example. It happened last weekend. I came downstairs. We have three kids. I had to take Junior to a soccer game, but he had a t-ball game that afternoon, and we had some other errands. So I came downstairs. I told Bubba, who was sitting on the couch watching the game, would you do me a favor? When you hear the buzzer go off on the washer, just take the clothes out of the washer, put them in the dryer. And Bubba said, meh. <laughs> so she said, I left. I ran errands, came back. We were running late. We had to get Junior to the t-ball game. I walk in, glance to my right. Bubba's still sitting in the same spot he was when we left four hours ago. She said, I walk to the washer, I open it up, and what do I find? Wet clothes. Key moment. Stimulus, trigger, whatever you want to call it, key moment happens. What do you think she did? Lost her mind, cried, anger, yelled. She moved, she moved the clothes from the washer to the dryer. All, all these are reasonable responses, right? So she says, so I turned to Bubba. And I said, Bubba, why did you not move the clothes from the washer to the dryer? And Bubba said, hold on, it's almost a commercial. So she said, oh, okay. She's trying to be emotionally mature, at least this is the way she tells the story. So she waits and moves the clothes from the washer into the dryer, turns the dryer on, but the dryer's a little loud. So Bubba says, hey, I told you we're about to have a commercial. Turn that off. Oh, her willpower has been shrinking quickly, right? So as soon as the commercial comes, Bubba doesn't turn the TV off. He turns around and he's like, what? What do I do now? And she says, Bubba, you're in the same place you were when I left. When I, before I left, I asked you, would you at least just move the clothes from the washer dryer? I don't ask you to do a lot. All I ask you to do is do one thing. You said you would do it, and you didn't. And Bubba said, oh, I remember you saying, yelling something at me before you left. I don't remember what you yelled at me, but... You know, it looks like you got it done anyway. So she said, that's not the point. The point is, is Junior has a t-ball game. His clothes are soaking wet now. He doesn't have a uniform to go play, or he's going to have to play in a wet uniform. You obviously don't care about your son. He's like, well, of course I do. I care about Junior. I didn't know. By the way... Whose job is it to do laundry anyways? Now, she should have known at that point he had a point. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just want to see who's, I want to see who's paying attention. So he says to her, 
Whose job is it to do laundry anyways? I work all week long. I pay for the house and the washer and the dryer and the soap that goes in it and the water that goes in it. I don't understand why I have to do my job and yours. So she says to Bubba, you don't have to do your job and my job. There's a good chance you'll be living in this house by yourself if you keep treating us the way you treat us. And he's like, well, at least I'd be able to watch the game in, by my side in quiet. And you wouldn't be yin, yin, yin all the time. She's like, oh, yin, yin, yin. Not only do you not care about me, the kids, everything else, you don't care about anybody but yourself. This is what we call collusion, where one thing leads to another to another. So the fight started with not moving the clothes from the washer to the dryer, and now they're fighting about the mother-in-law and five years ago when he called her name in front of their friends, and we're way off on some other tangent. What happened in that key moment? He didn't listen to her. This is clearly the man's fault. <laughs> Emotions were, were high. She knew what she was marrying. But is this one of those fights that she wanted to pick or should have picked? I mean, is there justification one way or the other? See, we're talking about emotion versus logic, right? Emotion versus logic. So here's my question to talk about what Beige just mentioned. And again, we can play both sides of this just for humor's sake. Women want to change men, but my guess is Bubba was that way when she married him, but she thought it was cute then. Now, Bubba sitting on the couch grunting isn't as cute as it used to be. Three kids later and responsibilities, is it? Why? So expectations change on your part. Bubba doesn't buy into the changed expectations, and now it's Bubba's fault. So Bubba's not a good team member. If Bubba, when you were dating, sat on the couch, drank beer all day long, got drunk and watched games, and you thought it was cute, and you loved it, and now, 10 years later, Bubba still sits on the couch, drinks beer, and watches games, but you don't think it's cute anymore. You truly believed you could change Bubba, or Bubba wanted to change, and you're failing at changing Bubba. You're frustrated. That could be one scenario. I'm not saying it's the right one. It is common, right? So what happens? Marriage counseling. Bubba's going to be like, why? I mean, I think things are fine. I mean, you're the one that's pissed off all the time. I'm fine. I don't, if anybody needs counseling, it's you. Go find out why you're messed up. I'll be here watching the game. Reasonable. Look, there's two people in this relationship. One's unhappy, one's not. I'm fine. Who needs counseling? You need counseling for anger management. That's what you need counseling for. So what happens? What is the common denominator? Bubba's the common denominator. But is, but is Bubba changed? Has the situation changed? Yeah, three kids will change your situation, right? What is this really about with Bubba? Is it about the clothes from the washer to the dryer? What's it really about? Selfishness? Wanting Bubba to take responsibility and pitch in and help? You know, Bubba worked hard all weekend. <laughs> I, and see, 
<laughs> Bubba is exhausted. He worked all week. Here's the thing. We can see things from both angles, right? We can see both sides. What it really comes down to, if we go to the root cause, if this was a rare occurrence, I don't think she would have reacted that way. Do you think this is the first time Bubba has not treated her in a way that she feels is fair? Do you think there's a lack of communication or trust or respect or, or intimacy or any of those things that are needed in a relationship to make things work? The point here is that, that the foundation has changed, which makes every situation seem worse. And when the foundation changes, the situation changes, and so we get into protective, fear-driven, fundamental attribution error, blame, but I do things good, he is always bad, or vice versa, she's always nagging me, I work hard, I provide, I give her all this, and nothing's ever enough. It, it doesn't matter. I could have moved the clothes from the washer to the dryer. She would have bitched about it. I put it on the wrong setting. She would have complained about there's not enough gas in the van. She, she will find something to complain about because she's just a complainer. I mean, we can go back and forth and back and forth, and both can justify why they feel the way they feel. What can't be justifiable is where this started. Where it started. See, emotionally mature people understand that we're, what we're arguing about now is probably insignificant. It's what's at the foundation that's causing this reoccurring event. I want you to think about a key moment that you struggle with. I use a personal example with Bubba, but there's something in your life that's a, tree, a, a trigger. There is a key moment, a trigger in your life, that when it happens, you're not proud of the way you respond to it. What I want you to do is I want you to identify that reoccurring trigger, that key moment. I want you to tell the people sitting at your table what it is, what paradigm you typically see the situation through, and how does it escalate? The meaning, feeling, behavior. Why do you fly off the handle when this happens? This key moment. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at hpl underscore podcast and shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.